Hi, everyone. It is season two of the Let It Be podcast. I'm your host, Becky Sigenfus. Join my friends and me as we share conversations about little things, big things, all the things. This is your time. So whatever you have to do, let it go, let it wait, let it be. Welcome to another episode of the Let It Be podcast. You will hear in my conversation with my guests that I share that this podcast is really held open-handedly. I interview guests as they come to me, as people introduce me to others, and as the Lord kind of ushers conversations into my path. And so the guest that I have on today is one of those people, longtime friend from college years, and he had kept popping up in my social media feed, and then he ended up reaching out to me about one of my interests, and I thought, you know, I am just going to invite him on the podcast. So I have my college friend and forensics speech teammate, Michael Dorsey, with me today. He has done many things. He's been a reality TV star. He has served at his church as a pastor. He has a doctorate and many other things. So join me in my conversation with my friend, Michael Dorsey. So Michael Dorsey, welcome to the Let It Be podcast. Thanks for having me, Becky. I'm excited about this. I am too. I should probably say Dr. Michael Dorsey. You know what? You knew me when, so it's all right. You can still call me Mike. It's okay. Do you know what? Do you know what's so funny is I was thinking about um, when I first, because I I might be one or two years ahead of you in school. Am I one? When did you graduate? What year? One year. One, one year, year ahead. I was uh, two thousand. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Okay. So I was one year ahead of you, and I was. This is my memory, and I'm sure you're going to remember this. But we were in our forensics speech team. Which I think with is Dr. with Dr. Roby, which I think is so funny that when I tell people like what I did in college, like, oh, I traveled around and talked <laughs> for for a competition. Uh, but do you remember what you spoke on? Was it called oh, Alestra? Yes. Mm-hmm. With explosive yeah. diarrhea. <laughs> mm-hmm. Anal leakage and loose stool. Yes, I definitely remember that. <laughs> Oh my goodness. So that is um, one of my first memories of you and just watching Dr. Roby roll, listening to you talk about that. Oh my goodness. So a few years have passed since the college days and just a couple. couple. And um, I was, I was just asking you before we started recording, I remember, well, go ahead and tell us about your family. So you tell us where you live. Are you married kids, all the things. And then I'm going to give you another memory. All right. I am uh, in Baltimore, Maryland. That's where I was born and raised. Uh, so I know you're outside of Cincinnati. Mm-hmm. So I, I'm a, at least you guys are getting new uh, football um, uniforms. You're the Bengals, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I saw the rivalry between the Ravens and the Bengals, right? Um, <laughs> it's hard to be a fan. Here, it, I get it. I get it. I get it. So I, will, I, will, I won't let, make it too painful. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Um, yeah, so went uh, actually came out to Cedarville. Um, that's yeah. where we met at Cedarville mm-hmm. University. And uh, actually, I stayed there. I stayed in Ohio, stayed in the area, worked there for a number of years, and then actually stayed out there a uh, total of 13 years. Wow, um, so, that long? Yeah, yeah. I stayed out there, graduated, went and got two master's degrees, went, got one in seminary, and then one at Ohio State, the Ohio State, I'm oh, sorry. Uh, mm-hmm. Yes. Yes. And uh, met my the love of my life at a church that I was the assistant pastor at uh, down in Wilmington, Ohio. Okay. Um, and actually, I always talk about the fact that her parents loved me before she did. Oh, <laughs> well, that's endearing. Well, she wasn't there <laughs> in town at the time. You know, her dad is like chairman of the deacon board. Mom was very involved. And so they would have me over for pot roast all the time. And little did I know that they were just buttering me up so that when I met her and yeah, so she, Shavela uh, is my is my bride, and uh, mm-hmm. we we She's were beautiful. very good friends. It wasn't until I actually um, left Ohio and moved back to Baltimore that we actually made things really real and got mm. married back in uh, 2010. So we'll be celebrating our 11 year anniversary Aww. this May. Congrat! Oh, just right around the corner. Congratulations! Yeah, right around the corner, and then we have a, a, a handsome son. His name is Mike Junior. He just turned nine. 
a couple months ago. And yeah. Uh, yeah so and I just got to say that. hi to him. So that's super yeah, fun. Got to meet handsome, we, handsome little dude. It's funny. I do not know why I have this memory or how I would have even known who your wife was. But I remember her working at an Ann Taylor at the mall. Yeah. And I don't I don't know. I really don't know how, unless maybe social media had just come on the scene. And, you know, since we've been obviously friends on social media, if that's how I, and then like, I just saw her working there. I don't know, but it is such a small world for sure. That's why you always got to be careful when you talk about things. (laughs) You never know. That's right. Who knows who, right? (laughs) So what are you doing now? Wow. What am I doing Uh, now? A lot of things. (laughs) <laughs> what keeps the lights on right now okay. is I serve as the chief learning officer for the Maryland Department of Human Services. Mm. So we are the uh, human service agency of the state of Maryland, the fourth largest agency. Uh, we oversee um, family investment, which is like your entitlement programs like uh, food stamps, temporary mm-hmm. cash assistance, um, social services administration, so adult and child welfare, as well as child support enforcement. And so I get to oversee uh, the learning of about close to 6,000 employees. Oh my goodness. Uh, I love it. I love every minute of it. So that's kind of what, what pays the bills right now. Wow. But you're also involved in ministry. Involved in ministry. Yep. I'm on the preaching staff at, um, Mount Pleasant Church of Ministries in Baltimore church. I grew up in and I oversee our drama production. So I get to write and produce our drama presentations. And, uh, and also I oversee our Bible Institute and Learning Center. Uh, so yeah, so I do a lot with that. Not to mention I preach and I, you know, do a little singing. I was going to say, you stuff. sing. Did a you, bit. did you Just stay on at Cedarville? Cause you led like their choir or something, right? I did. I, I started our, um, gospel choir, co-started it with a, another student when I took so on the funny. role as a uh, coordinator of interculture recruitment. We started a gospel choir and, uh, thought really thought, you know, right before, when I got hired on, uh, you know, Cedarville, as you know, yeah. um, did not necessarily have the most diverse student body, right? Right. Mm -hmm. And so I was actually hired on to kind of oversee those initiatives. And right before I graduated, uh, we met with the students of color and said, what are some things you'd like to see? And one of the things they said was, we would love to have a gospel choir in chapel. Mm. So uh, January of 2001, put an email out and said, hey, we're going to start a gospel choir. Who wants to come? I'm thinking maybe 20 people. And Becky, 65 people showed up for the wow. first And uh, by the end of the year, we had over 150. And it became like one of the most popular <sighs> extracurricular activities of the school for several years. So, uh, yeah, it was, it, was, it was a lot of fun. It definitely, um, it definitely was a highlight of my time on staff there. I mean, who doesn't love an amazing gospel choir? I'm just saying. I mean, listen. You, you got to have a little bit of that, right? Every year we talk about, like, we brainstorm ideas of how to bring one in or create one or whatever at our church. And actually our, our goal was to do something with it last year before COVID hit. So, uh, it. but it is, I, I, man, I love a good gospel choir. And I wish that I remember seeing and hearing things about that. But after we graduated, we moved to Florida for a couple of years and we kind of fell out of just really following what was going on back at our university. Like, you know, so, so many times happens through, through life, but you've had some really big experiences as well. And, um, one of the, one of the biggest ones that I would like to talk about, cause I'm just interested in hearing more about it. Cause I remember watching you on your journey and, and still watching you on your journey, but you got to be a contestant on the biggest loser and biggest loser. How, how many years has it been now since you were on that one? Oh man, we just celebrated our eight year finale anniversary. That's what we call oh, it. Finale anniversary. So um, fun. anniversary. Yes, I know it's, it's one of those things. Yep. I was on season 14. Is they started production on it in 2012, end of 2012, and we aired 2013. Yep. Wow. So tell me a little bit, if if you can, tell me a little bit about that whole journey, like how it came to be, how you got chosen, what was it like for? Because it's six months long. Is it is it a six month commitment? Or long, a little longer than that. Longer. Some of it's not on the ranch, you know. Um. So here's real real talk. I love reality TV. Like yeah, I've, I've always right. been a fan of reality TV. I mean, back when. We were growing up, we had Real World and, yeah. and uh, Road Rules. I mean, yeah. just I love that. Um, huge fan of Survivor, huge fan of Big Brother. But I I was, I was, would never go on those shows, right? That's right, just not right. my style. But Biggest Loser was one of those shows that was like, well, I'm fat. 
and I like reality TV, so it's a good fit, right? So that's <laughs> that's kind of how that works. So, and um, that yeah, was like the it peak was, um, of reality TV. I mean, in the yeah. in those years, it was the peak. Oh yeah, oh yeah, big 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 stuff. And um, so you know, it was one of those things. I, I threw a for two seasons before mine. I kind of just sent a video out and said, "Hey, you know, I'd be interested in it." Didn't really hear anything back. But then the next year. Uh, I got a random email that said, hey, we're going to be in your area for a casting call. Here's a front of pass, you know, golden, basically a golden ticket that you don't have to stand. Because, you know, these casting calls, people stand in that line for hours yeah. and hours. And um, so basically they said, you know, once you show up, just give them the ticket and they'll let you right on in. And so I went in and uh, people don't know, but the vetting process to get on these shows is huge. Mm. Uh, the casting call is literally you're in a room with about 20 people. They're standing there talking and you get to go around the table about something random like you know what's your what would you like to do or something like that and then it's done like in 10 minutes they have an idea of whether or not they want to continue to process and so then what they do is they um they invite some of you back to what's called um you know just more one-on-one interview where they bring you back and they kind of do some screen testing so to speak they interview you ask different questions um, and, and what you find out later on is that they're building a highlight reel mm. so they can vet you to the producers and to the directors and to the sponsors, you know, just to decide whether or not you're going to be a good fit for the team. And um, the ultimate goal is to get to invited to L.A. for sequester and sequester is where they lock you in the hotel room, literally lock you in the room. Wow. Uh, you're there up to two weeks. Um, you only leave for appointments. Uh, they they may they they give you opportunities for the p like the production assistant may take you to the grocery you know take you to the grocery store to yeah. grab some groceries because we had a microwave and a and a um a microwave and a um <laughs> a refrigerator in the room and um and so you you want to get to that point and the process along the way is they're digging in deep they're trying to you know they tell you to send video footage of you doing certain things and and so they start digging deep and you're waiting for the call to say you're going to go to the casting finals and you get the call that says you don't make it. So that happened the season before. So, um, so I got all the way up to the point where the next step was to go to that thing in in LA. And more often than not, what happens is when you go to that, you pack, there's only two things that happen. Either a, you get sent back home or B, you go straight to the ranch. So like you go out there for two weeks with the possibility that you, you say goodbye to your family thinking that you may not be coming back for a while. And, it, and it, you know, you look back and think, and like, God is always just, God is so sovereign in that he knows things that you don't know. Well, you know, it worked out because if I had been on that season, I would have missed the birth of my son. Oh. A lot of that, just would have missed yes. all that, right? Yes. And uh, so I had decided I wasn't going to try again because it, Becky, it was hard. You know, you, you started, you know, you've done a good job through the years of just sweeping things under the rug. Mm-hmm. You know about avoidance, right? You just avoid things. Mm-hmm. You don't deal with mm-hmm. it. You just, they're just what they are. Mm-hmm. And I wasn't going to, I wasn't going to pursue it again. And they called me and I didn't even have to go to the casting call. They literally called me for the interview. And um, so I, I talked to Sherelle about it. I even had to drive to Philly to do it. Like it wasn't even like it was near my house. Like I had to actually make an extra trip to do this. I was just like, I don't, I just don't know if I can do that again. And uh, talk to Sherelle about it. We prayed about it and said, go ahead and do long one thing lends another. And bam, we, we got cast on uh, I got cast on that show. And uh, it was incredible. Yeah. It was really, it was, it was, uh, it was incredible. It was, um, it was, uh, there were times where you would stand around and you would think I'm really like, people are going to watch this on national television. Like this isn't just, I did. you know, something. That you- yeah, I did. <laughs> it was great. It was, it was great. And you know, we, we, there were things we taped. And so it started airing in January. Most of the filming had been completed. Mm-hmm. Uh, matter of fact, um, I think all, but like maybe four of the contestants were still on the ranch by the time the first episode aired and everybody goes home because um, when the finale is um, broadcast, it's a live finale, right. but you, I mean, to really lose all the weight and have the, you know, the weight loss, you got to have some time with it. Like it just, it does happen fast, but it doesn't happen that fast. Yeah. And so we all were home for several months and, <sighs> you know, you're still working out trying to, to get things together and you meet up in the finale. And is that is. scary? Is that scary to be home on your own? Cause you've been in this concentrated oh gosh, yeah. intentional, you know, strictly, I would assume I'm totally just based on what I watch on TV, no. <laughs> but it seems like everything is very methodical and measured out. And to go home then after having that structure, I would think it would be really challenging. 
Oh yeah, I mean, yeah, oh, most definitely. I mean, you're you're sequestered away. There was a hurricane here in Maryland. I think it was Hurricane Sandy, and the only thing I was told was that my wife and son were okay. Wow. I was not even told where they were. If anything happened to the house, I just was told that they wouldn't even allow us to know that. Like wow. you know, it, it, um, so yeah, you were kept away from it. Um, you know, we they they were buying food for us from Whole Foods. You know, that's whole paycheck. You know, where I'm right. You know, that's, that's, that cheap right so we were you know you had that um you had access to world-class facilities and yeah you know little known fact people see the workouts and stuff like that mm-hmm. you know we worked out every day but workouts weren't that intense every day actually most of the weight loss took place in the kitchen and mm-hmm. walking we literally mm-hmm. walked about 10 to 12 miles a day wow um, okay you go and you know the where the rant is no longer there you know because when they stopped production and they re, re, redid the show yeah rebranded the show they had issues and stuff um they you know the where was located at in calabasas so we mm-hmm. were neighbors with the smiths and uh the kardashians and stuff oh my goodness um, did you see that it was a park we did one time yeah we did actually see them as we were driving off to somewhere and wow. yeah it was, it was crazy um, but we, um, there was, when you go around the park that the ranch is in, it literally equals a mile. And so okay. it's called a presidential mile. And so you, like, you'll wake up, do three, three laps, eat breakfast, mm-hmm. maybe do a couple laps. If it's a production day, you may not, you know, do as much, you know, cause you don't want to use all your energy up for the, for the camera. <laughs> and yeah. yeah. It, cause a lot of it was real. I mean, I'm not going to lie sure. to you. I mean, sure. There's some story to it. Right. Um, but when we stand on the, the scale, that's real. Yeah. Like the scale's not real, of course. We actually weighed in early that morning of taping the, the, the weigh in and um we didn't know our weights though. Mm-hmm. So like they knew our weights. So it's a we real reaction know. when you see it up on the screen. Oh my gosh. So when they when they're the tense intensity of like, oh my gosh, is mm-hmm. he needs five pounds to stay above the line and mm-hmm. you're waiting on it. Yeah, it's 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 really like it's really and weigh ins actually took about four to five hours to film. Oh um, my goodness. Were, yeah, because you know, Allison would she'll talk to each of us. How did you feel about this, Bob? Mm-hmm. How did you feel? Mm-hmm. So, like, you do all that, and then um, every last one of us, then you got to take time to take your shirt off, and it's it, it was it was a whole thing. But I mean, I loved every minute of yeah. it. Like, there were times where you know I hated it, but I loved every minute of it. I mean, you you knew I was a country ham, um, <laughs> <laughs> you know. So I. I mean, let's keep it real. So I, I like stuff like that. So it was, it was great. So what's Allison Sweeney like? Because I remember growing up watching her on Days of Our Lives as Sammy. Sammy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> what's she like? She's incredible. Yeah. She, she was incredible. She, um, she was. Matter of fact, I remember my elimination episode, my elimination, which was scandalous. Oh my God. <laughs> uh, um, they, what they do is, you know, because it's hostile, and actually, my elimination was probably the most hostile of all of them. Um, it was, it was, it, it could be a little dirty, but I mean, you can't be mad. I was the heaviest guy. Do you, will you ever have a chance to get rid of your biggest threat? I mean, I get it. You know, it was, it was one and, you know, I get it, but it, it still sucked a little bit. But yeah. anyway, they keep you sequestered from them. Like you're, you got, cause you have to do your final interviews and stuff mm-hmm. like that. They, you're not going back in the house. There's no, and Becky, it, it would have gone down that night had I gone back in the house. <laughs> and, um. We, uh, matter of fact, whenever a person would get, uh, matter, when a person would get um, eliminated, because the weigh-in day was always like our, our cheat day. Uh-huh. It was a day where we could eat a little bit more to kind of reset for the week. And so, like, we didn't cheat. Like, we didn't go crazy, get Carl's Jr. or anything like that. But it was, you know, we had things that we didn't normally have. And uh, we had, like, a big meal that day. And um, we always made a plate for whoever was eliminated so they could take it out to them. And so they asked uh, me for my, I said, tell them to keep that plate. I don't want anything. They had, I, I was done. And so anyway, she pulled up and she knew my van was there and she came in and sat mm-hmm. down and talked to me about 15, 20 minutes mm-hmm. and just, you know, talked about how much she appreciated, you know, what I brought to the show and how much she enjoyed watching my journey. And I found out later mm-hmm. that there was only two of us that she did that for. So that was kind of oh, cool. That so is. It, yeah, so she is. Uh, she's definitely a special. And every now and again, we talk on you know social media and all that fun stuff. She's she's great. Do you keep in touch with the cast? Um, all the time. We have oh. a Facebook group. We we reach out to each other. We wish everybody happy birthdays, anniversaries, and you know, some Kate just had a baby a, a not too long ago, and um, you know, Jackson is. You know, we we yeah, we're we're the best of friends. Matter of fact, I had um 
Alex, she was one of the other black contestants. She, uh, I had her on my, um, my radio show not too long ago. And yeah, we, we love each other. I mean, no one will appreciate what we went through, the right. good, the bad and the ugly. Um, and you know, it, yeah, yeah, we, we love each other and oh yeah. I love that. Feelings. So obviously you, you've already shared, you're a Jesus follower. You've been a Jesus follower for a long time. So how, how did that piece of your life as you went through something, I mean, really, really challenging. I'm, I don't know. I haven't walked in your shoes. I don't, I can't imagine something for like a six month season being more challenging than shedding. How much total weight did you lose in that time period? 136 pounds. Yeah. 136 yeah. pounds. Yeah. <laughs> That's, that doesn't yeah. happen by just praying about it. No, no, no. <laughs> so no. yeah. How did, how did your faith kind of play into that season for you? Well, first of all, my prayer was that I didn't embarrass, you know, embarrass the Lord. Like mm-hmm. I really, that was a prayer. I believe mm-hmm. I, well, I don't want to embarrass you and uh, didn't want to embarrass my family. Um, didn't want to embarrass myself. Knew that um, I was, I went with a mission. You know, I, there was something I wanted to get as a result of the show. And uh, so that was just my prayer. Um, and it was, you know, it was, it was great because there were times where I probably, I look back, I'm mad at, I'm, knowing that I like reality TV so much, mm-hmm. my gamemanship wasn't the best. <laughs> like, um, but at the same time, you know, um, I look back and think about um, just the, the the opportunity that I had to really spend time with the Lord. You know, there were times we could go out at night and just go for a walk. And um, it was funny, every um, Sunday we had church. Um, not everybody was, not everybody on the cast was saved, but yeah. they would they would, we'd have church. We actually had church and I got That's to awesome. give like a little devotional and stuff like that. Um, everything. So I was like the team pastor, I guess you could say. So, yeah. um, you know, a lot of times they, and they'll even reach out to me now and, you know, for spiritual advice, so to speak. So, um, that kind of helped that accountability, knowing that that accountability was yeah. there. Sure. That definitely, um, played an impact. So what's life been like after, I mean, after the biggest loser, I know that a lot of people started following you because of it. Obviously you were on national TV and that was like pre-streaming. So that was when people actually sat down and watched NBC and ABC and CBS at night. What has life been like? And is it something that you love to talk about or something that you're like, ah, that was a chapter and I'm good to close it now. (laughs) You know, Becky, I'm gonna be honest with you. I went in with the mind. I went in, you know, I'm a, I'm a motivational speaker, right? So, you know, you're always looking for, an opportunity had, I, when I went on the show, I knew I was going to do this book. I knew I was going to do this, this, and this, I was going to do this, that it was going to set me up for that, you know, yeah. all that good stuff. And, um, I left the show and, you know, came back home to a wife who was still unemployed. Mm. She lost her job right before I went on the rant. Mm. Right. We had this newborn, you know, that we had to take care of. Right. Um, I was working for myself and I was teaching adjunct at, three different community colleges, two of which didn't want me back because in order to do the show, I had to uh, leave, you know, partway through the semester. Right. And it just, it, they didn't want, they were like, well, how do we know that's not going to happen again? Mm. Um, and so then, and when I came back, I came back in the middle of December. So I couldn't go, I mean, what, what job could I get? You know, right. I can't, I can't go speak anywhere because people aren't even supposed to know what I look like because the show hasn't even aired, you know? Right. So it was really rough. We, um, we actually, um, you know, it got, it was so bad that, um, not bad. I mean, it just, it was what it was that we actually went on uh, food stamps. I actually, mm. uh, was on services for a number of months. Amazing. And a funny story about that though, um, wanted to build my business up, wanted to build my brand and that sort of thing. And, uh, we had a, a, a mutual friend of Sorella and mine, he kind of did a consultation with us and we were trying to put the business together, all this stuff. And then he said, I'm just going to be honest with you. You need a job. And I was like, I, I have a job. I'm a speaker and I'm a reality star and blah, blah, blah. You know, that's my dream. And he looked at little Mike and he said, that needs to be your dream right now. Mm. And I was mad. Becky, I was mad. <laughs> I was going to say, was like, that'll put you in your we place. Left, we left the meeting. We left the meeting. Mm. And I said, I said, how dare he? He doesn't know, blah, blah, blah. But in the meanwhile, I started looking for jobs. Mm. And uh, I stumbled upon a trainer position with the department at the time, Department of Human Resources. And it was a state job, right? Mm -hmm. And so I said, all right, I'll go ahead and apply. What happens? Mess around, Becky, they hire me. Wow. They hire me. Guess what agency it is? It's the agency that oversees social services. Wow. 
That's and amazing. Uh, funny story, yeah. there was um, when I first applied for the food stamps, I, I tell this story all the time. I tell us a part about customer service training. Um, I it was, it was just amazing. We didn't get here anything back because I did it online because I was too prideful. I was like, I'm not going to go into the, the office and apply. Mm-hmm. And so we did it online, didn't hear anything back for several weeks. So I called and they said, man, if you had just come in, we could have hooked you up, blah, blah, blah. So they said, you have to wait for the process. So got something in the mail, said they were missing information, but they weren't. So I, get, I took off from the little temp job that I had, went down to the office, sat there, 45 minutes, nobody, they had wait for somebody to come down, two hours goes by, nobody comes down, four hours runs by, finally someone comes downstairs. Oh my goodness. And, um, you know, they're like, what took you so long? And she was like, you know, don't tell anybody we were having a party, blah, blah, blah. It was, it was a mess. <laughs> and um, so that was that. Well, I get this job. One of my first jobs, this is how God works. I was supposed to start on Wednesday. Like, that's when we start. We start on Wednesday. That's when the pay period starts, right? For whatever reason, the date was messed up, and I was starting on Tuesday. That never happened. Okay. Well, that Tuesday, they were having a meeting, some of the trainers in my unit, about this, this customer service initiative for the workers that do the food stamps. And the guy that oversees it, oversaw it, he had to go on emergency medical leave. And so they were like, hey, while I was filling out my paperwork, can you come to this meeting real quick? Turns out I had to serve as the project manager to kind of finish up it up. And guess where one of my first stops was when I finally got caught, brought up to speed on that training? Tell me. That same office. Wow. And that same cupcake girl, that's what we nicknamed her, <laughs> cupcake girl, was sitting in the front row. And, you know, since then we rectified and stuff, but it, like this goes to show that God has a plan that's so much bigger than us, yeah. you know, and while we may not necessarily have written it the way, you know, it has played out, God's plan is always perfect. And mm. that's something that the Lord has shown me, um, you know, after the show, I gained every ounce back, Becky, I'm not gonna lie mm. to you, gained it back. Matter of fact, gained it back and over a hundred pounds more. Wow. I was going to ask um, if it's but, sustainable, like, well, Yeah. It, it, you know, I'm going to say this. Every person is different. Yep. Um, most of us do gain something back. Sure. Um, you know, if you don't take care of this and this, then this stuff isn't, isn't going to matter. You know, it was, it was a game show. You're mm-hmm. trying to win. You're trying to win a competition. Um, getting back into real life um, is a different con- conversation. And yeah. so, um, so I went through a, a couple of years, undiagnosed depression. You mm-hmm. know, it was just, I was. You can go back through my social media and see I was showing pictures of places and people, not of me. Mm. Why would I do that? I had a lady mm. in church who even came up to me at one point, and she and she meant well, but she said, "I'm just ashamed you you lost all that weight and then gained every ounce back." You know, just <laughs> I don't, the fact that she thought that she could say that to me kind of shocked me mm-hmm. a little bit. But, mm-hmm. um, but it was funny because you know she got the saved version of me because there was a part of me that was like, "Well, you know, I can go on a diet and lose weight, but." you will always be ugly, but I didn't say that, you know, that's not, not the way to say it, you know, but, but in all honesty, that was that. And so, you know, that was life after it for a little mm-hmm. bit. Um, right after the show, um, Six Flags kind of took me on and, and, and actually allowed me to be like a ambassador for him. So I got to travel all around the country to different Six Flags so to help funny. me write my book one click. And, you know, one of my dreams was to be able to ride roller coasters again. And so I was able to do that um, right afterwards. And, we went on appearances. I mean, we were treated, you know, treated like a little celebrity. Um, I even toured for a little bit with a program called Rachel's Challenge. I don't know if you're familiar with it. Rachel Mm-mm. Scott, um, Rachel's Challenge out of Denver. And I was one of the speakers for that and, you know, was on the road a lot. And it just, it took a few years. And so it got to a point where about a couple of years ago, I was at my this worst, right? And um, i never forget sitting uh sitting in bed watching TV with little Mike and mm-hmm. uh, he was always fascinated with my belly. Right. And, um, you know, he patted my belly. And then all of a sudden I noticed he was tearing up and I was like, Mike, what's wrong? He said, um, you're going to leave me. Mm. And I said, what do you mean I'm going to leave you? He said, well, if you don't fix your belly, you're going to leave me. Mm. And what do you say to that, Becky? Like, right. what do you say? Like this, this little kid. And so it was at that point that I realized, all right, I, I got to do something. And so um, I got, got myself in gear and I'm happy to report that since that time I'm down about I guess you could say about 78 pounds wow and uh it's um it's been nice because it's been slow and steady but it's been working on the headspace working on the mindset Mm. working on um really being holistic 
yeah. about it not just um, one dimensional. So Headspace. So tell me a little about a little bit about that. That's the name sure. of your show, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, Headspace with Dr. Mike is, um, you know, the pandemic, I think, did a lot for a lot of people. Yeah. And um, what it did for me was it um, allowed me to realize that there's so much information out there and it's so easy for us to pay attention to our echo chambers. Mm. Um, It's so easy for us to, if it sounds like something that we're comfortable with, then that's what we're going to go with on all sides, right? Mm -hmm. And um, it really just kind of hit me that, all right. I, and then on top of that, there was just so much going on. I'm, I'm going to be real with you. There was, you know, watching the George Floyd situation mm-hmm. was probably, um, you know, many people don't know this, but I had an experience right outside of Cedarville driving home from um, grad school mm. with one of the cops in South Charleston mm. and um, pulled a gun on me and everything. And the issue was that I had a, um, I had a outstanding fine. I was less than 10 minutes from my house. And, mm. and I, I sometimes think about, what could have happened, what could have happened that night, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. um, I was, I, and not to mention, I've been in that road so many times and watched some of our friends, right, yeah. get pulled over yeah. and act belligerent with cops, you know, yeah. and I'm just like, oh, this is what's happening. So, so it was hard for me because I, I, I don't believe that every cop is bad. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I, I yeah. don't believe that at all. Uh, but at the same token, I do know that something needs to change somewhere. And so with that, Headspace was born out of the idea of, you know what, every last one of us, we have a mindset about something. We fill our heads with something. Yes. The question is, what do, what are we filling ours with? And mm-hmm. so the purpose of Headspace is to really, you know, really take some, some topics that I may not even necessarily agree with, but I want to hear you out. Like, tell me what your point of view is so that we can actually have an open conversation. conversation about it. I think mm-hmm. a lot of times we spend a lot of times talking, talking, talking. And we really don't listen. And you and I both, we came from the same communications program. We learned that listening is a big part of effective communication, right? Yeah. And um, so that's the idea. So Headspace with Dr. Mike is uh, is what it is. And um, it's been fun. We've done it. We started it since January. We're definitely going to have you on. Yeah. Uh, because we have to have you on. Yeah, we're definitely <laughs> going to have to talk, especially about this Enneagram thing that you got me into <laughs> and stuff. But, um, but no, it's just been fun for me. It's been an outlet for me to do something that I've, I think I've always secretly wanted to do. Yeah. Just, um, you know, didn't get a chance to do. It's funny. It's interesting. My brother-in-law and my sister-in-law, I just had them on recently. Um, They're a biracial couple. So we were kind of talking about that, what that has looked like. And they had these two beautiful, identical twin babies that are just gorgeous. And um, they live in Chicago. So there are a lot of things to talk about with their lives, but he, he's super wise. And he brought up this point and he said, we are living in a sound bite season. And Amen. Yes. Yeah. And exactly what you're saying. We're not listening to, we're not listening and having conversations in full scopes. We are mm-hmm. taking sound bites and, mm-hmm. and then running with them. And, um, mm-hmm. and I think that that is where we as Christians can do much good to mm-hmm. bring about love and unity and share the gospel and share the truth in love and all of those things that Jesus demonstrated for us. If we can get beyond living in incremental sound bites. Think of, think of this way that I, I hope this doesn't go too far off your script, Becky. Um, <laughs> I don't have a script. <laughs> but um, so I'm in charge of our productions at church and we, um, we did because we had to do a pandemic style we uh, kind of took a concept of in the fullness of time for Christmas, kind of continued it with resurrection, right? Mm-hmm. And the question was, well, what are we going to do for Pentecost? Now, now, first of all, I grew up Baptist. Mm-hmm. You don't celebrate Pentecost. Mm-hmm. Like Pentecost is like that thing that you just don't celebrate. And we even studied it in school, but we really didn't pay attention to it because it's kind of scary. So when I started really studying it, one of the things that really came up to me that really made me think was, first of all, isn't it something that an intentional God, right? Think about this. Jesus began his time on earth and ended his time on earth. Where? In a stone carved orifice. Mm-hmm. That's, that's the kind of intentionality yeah. that God has, right? Yeah. So why is it that the church was born, not in the temple, mm-hmm. it was born in someone's, in the, in the upper room, but they were, they were having dinner. Yeah. 
it was like a random moment serving believe, one another. Yeah. And, and I believe that that to me spoke to me, especially in the season that we were in that sure. I miss church. I get it. I'm all in for that. Mm-hmm. But I think one of the biggest things we saw is that ministry is supposed to happen outside, outside it's the not down to the walls. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that I, I really believe as a church body, we kind of missed an opportunity mm-hmm. fighting over our preferences, fighting over this, fighting over that. And mm-hmm. we forgot about the fact that, you know what, what was the church born to do? You know, what was the church really born to do? Was the church born to kind of be a watch, a watchman over, um, our rules and regulations. Right. No, our, our, our church was born to show people who Christ is. Yeah. And therefore, right. Therefore then let, let the Holy spirit do the work, right? right. The Holy spirit is the one that cleans it up, you know? Yeah. And, and so I think that, um, that really says something to me about just when we leave this season of COVID, I don't want us to miss the point. Mm-hmm. The point was never about the building that we weren't allowed to be in. Right. It was about what exactly did God want us to get? I really do believe he showed us. I mean, think about it this way. There, there are, there are churches that never even had a Facebook page right. that have one. Now. Exactly. Yeah, absolutely. They, they, they never had, they, yeah, this is an ideal. Like, yes, I miss the interaction with people, but it forced us. I mean, at the workplace, at work, we were just talking about how, you know, I'm chief learning officer, but I really, most of our operation was in-person live training. 90% yeah. of our training was in-person. And it's like, we were thrown into this and now we realize, man, there, yeah, there's in-person still needs to happen, but there's also other opportunities. And so I just, I just think that, um, I just want the church to really not miss the mark and really missed the message of what God wanted us to see in all this. Yeah, I 100% agree. We've talked a lot about that. Um, As you probably know, we planted a church about five years ago. And so we've been, I mean, we're still kind of a baby church. And then we've walked through this season, like every, as you know, leaders of the church, it has been probably the hardest season for any leader of a church, because you are not only caring and shepherding for your people, but you're also caring and shepherding for your family in a different way. You're caring and shepherding, hopefully for yourself in a different way. And there have been many challenges that, um, some grace has been given and some stones have been thrown through this, this whole season. But we've talked a lot amongst our staff and Andy and I just within our own home that we do not want to let something that has been worldwide affecting be something that we miss. And, and to your point to truly be the hands and feet and learn to do ministry in maybe a more simplified way, um, a more God honoring way, a more Jesus focused way than we ever have before. Yeah. So amen. I love that. Amen to that. So Dr. Michael Dorsey, you're a motivational speaker. If you were to give one motivational tip to those listening, what would it be? Lean into the process. A process is a series of events that must take place in order for one big event to happen. And I think a lot of times we, um, you know, when you think about um, what happens when we tend to skip steps, right? Uh, think back to math class, right? Yeah. In order to get full credit for math, what did you have to do? You had to show the, show word. the steps. Yep. <laughs> well, why? Why? I asked a math. I asked. I asked a math teacher friend of mine, and he said, "Well, if you don't get the basics under your belt, mm-hmm. when you go to more complicated problems, yeah. you're going to miss it because you're not in the habit. Watch this. You're not in the habit of performing those little steps Absolutely. that can make a big difference. Mm-hmm. And I've noticed that the things I don't want to call them failures in my life, but just Things where I just didn't miss them. I, I, I skipped steps. Yeah. After Biggest Loser, I skipped steps. You know, I, I went out and skipped steps. I look at some, and I think all of us can look at how we didn't really pay attention to the full process. Yeah. And so I always tell people really lean into the process, a series of events that must take place in order for one big event to happen. Very, very, very important. That's so good. We, our girls are musical and our, our son's musical too, but he's our athlete. And what is it? No one likes to practice, right? It doesn't matter if it's the piano or if it's baseball, no one likes to practice, but why does a teacher have you do scales over and over and over and over again? Because the scales are what make up the melodies. And why does your coach have you bat 
over and over and over and hit and hit and hit and hit and hit because that's what advances the game. And so no one wants to do the practice. Everyone wants just, everyone just wants to play the final piece and hit the home run, but you're absolutely right. I love, I love that advice. So think about um, how many times we, I know you just cut you off. Oh, no, think about how many times we went to put furniture together, like Ikea furniture, right? Uh, yes. And oh, yes. you miss this one little important step. You're wondering why it's lopsided. And then you look <laughs> back and say, oh, that's the whole page that I didn't pay attention to. So what do you have to do? You either have to settle for it to be lopsided or you got to pull it apart it. Yeah. and do it over again. So now you've wasted more time. I think Ikea <laughs> furniture is straight from the enemy. I'm not going to lie. It- <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure the people that design it are sitting back just like, oh, this uh-huh. is going to be a joke. Yeah, yeah, it sure is. <laughs> it's funny, Michael, I told you that um, my podcast is very, I have it very open-handed and I really just kind of allow the Lord to lead people to me or me to other people. And I had been, you had been popping up, you pop up in my feed on social media anyway, but it had been like with regularity. And so, and then you reached out to me because I was talking about how I had these links for um, these professional personality motivational tests called the Enneagram. And so I was like, okay, I totally have to have him on because I feel like this is intentionally connecting us. And so you got introduced to the Enneagram, which is something that I've um, kind of journeyed alongside for several years now. And tell me what, tell me what you found out about yourself. How accurate was it? Well, it's, it has me as an eight, so uh, it means that I'm an active controller. Um, I, I, it's piece, you know, you look at these things and there's pieces of it just like, yeah. oh, yeah. what is that me? Oh, man, that's, that's, yeah, that's me. Yeah. Um, you know, the confident and direct, yeah. comfortable saying what you need to say and getting on with things. I, I, I think about um, just today, one of my team members, I had to kind of just get something dealt with with him and... I sent him a message and my deputy said to me, that was kind of mean. He's <laughs> <laughs> like, no, I'm and just I direct. Was like, no, I was just being direct. Like that was, a, <laughs> I was, this is like the fifth time I've had to talk to you about it, you know? And <laughs> so anyway, that's, that's that. But, um, autonomy is important to you. You're self-sufficient and dislike um, being dependent on others. I mean, there's so many yeah. little pieces of it that, and uh, you have your own way of thinking, taking charge and influencing others including the bigger organization. I mean, it's just, yeah. It, it's all that. Yeah. It, it's crazy, it is isn't all it? That, but yeah, it is. It's, it's always, and you know, what's funny. You, you know, in the fields that we're in, you take so many of these, you're trying to figure out how to trip it. Like, yeah. It's, right. I'm waiting for it to be wrong. Right? right. Right. And then as you're answering the questions, you're sitting there like, oh, I don't think I'm answering this the right way, but they, they build it. You build it that way. Cause they, they you know, they have different questions that they yes. ask the same questions different ways and yes they get uh-huh. what they need to get out of you and so it's every time you take them it's just like man how do you do that like, <laughs> I know you can't you that. can't beat it <laughs> you cannot beat it that is actually right yeah so the Enneagram I am a fan I am um you had me at hello with it once I saw what it, <laughs> it did I, I had heard about it yeah from so many people right um because I you know in college we took the Myers-Briggs yep. and I've taken it again and, and it yep. didn't change too much since college, but I don't remember exactly all of my, my things from it. Mm-hmm. And so, um, but I remember people used to talk about that, but now they talk about the Enneagram, Enneagram because yeah. that's the thing to talk about. Yeah. So. Yeah. It's, it's been a lot of fun. So I'll, I'll be interested in hearing if you, if you do a little more digging and a little more learning the next time we chat, I'd be interested in hearing more of what you've learned about yourself. Well, this podcast, um, I kind of started it because I felt this conviction that God has given us so many promises in his scripture that we often miss. And we miss them either because we're not in it or because we're not paying attention. And so is there a promise or maybe a scripture verse that has been really impactful to you in your life? Oh, my gosh. Um, Just the fact that he would never leave us nor forsake Mm. us. Um, I have seen that so many times yeah. you know, when you hear about uh, when David prayed, you know, I've never seen the righteous forsaken nor his seed begging bread. Mm. I mean, that growing up, you heard that a lot, but it's not until you start adulting. You know, we yes. kind of laughed about that a little bit mm-hmm. when you start um, rubber meeting the road. Right. Yeah. When you start realizing that you have no one to rely on but him. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that that's that that is great resonates with me right now is that um I can be as talented, as intelligent, as attractive, 
whatever adjective you want mm-hmm. to describe yourself that's favorable and you still can't beat what he can do yeah. you know yeah and um i've learned that i've learned that the hard way i've learned that some sometimes the easy way I, i'm like yeah well that's that's just how that works but the other ways it's like oh man they're yeah, yeah. i try to do it without him and so i think that um that just but in spite of that he is always there yeah you know that. he's always there um we're and that's a promise just the, that's it well you know becky it was funny i was talking to a friend of mine just the other night and we were talking about um you know just you know around the season you, you start dissecting um what jesus did and mm-hmm. You know, you you recognize that the anguish that he felt on the cross really wasn't about the pain of the physical pain. It mm-hmm. was the separation from the father. Yeah. And here was this, it was one of those, he knew going into it what he was going to do, but then as it got closer, the reality of it set in, yeah. right? Yeah. And there are times where I'm just like, Lord, I, um, I want to feel that in the sense that, well, I don't want to feel that, but you know what I mean? Like yeah. I want to yeah. get that sometimes I feel like, Lord, I don't have, I don't have that hunger that I, I realize that I'm trying to do things without you mm-hmm. by my side, you mm-hmm. know, but, but even in spite of me, he still chooses yeah. to stand beside me, you know, in spite of me. I mean, this, this, this sometimes it's almost like you can see him next to you saying, dummy, like, just come on. Cause <laughs> you're just being dumb. You know, you, you, you think you grown. That's what I say to everybody. You think you grown. Come on. That's, Let's do this. Or You're still or in process. He's on the other side of it. Yeah, he's on the other side of it. Like, all right, here we go. Yeah, I'm gonna pull it. Come on, come on. You know, and 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 I just the fact that he will never leave me nor forsake yeah. me. That 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 just I think sometimes that 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 right there um, really gives me comfort, especially during this time that we're in. Yeah, that he he is he is the one that is is never going to leave us nor forsake us, and he's the one that um. He promised to take care of us. That's right. That's right. He may not give us what we want. Right. But he definitely provides everything he knows that we need. Yeah. Oh, that's so you good. Know? So good. Mm-hmm. So what does Michael like to do for fun? Anything. Oh, man. Woo. Love to travel. Mm-hmm. Um, that's the one piece that uh, this thing has uh, really been uh, getting on me about is just being able to travel. Yep. Spending time with, you know, I've I've become more of a homebody. I don't know if that's just because of the covid life yeah, or it's yeah. just like i'm you know Sherelle and mike they love home matter of fact we have to tonight we have to both go to church for rehearsals and um so my son you kind of have to get them ramped up like we're not going to be here we have to leave uh-huh. and so we got to get them fired up for that so uh i i've become more of a homebody but yeah i love to travel i'm um, just seeing different places um spending more time um just being you know like mm-hmm. that sounds weird but in a, in a world where I was just constantly on the go, yeah. um, just being like actually just spending time uh, catching up on movies that I hadn't seen, yeah. you know, really uh, Netflix and Amazon Prime and all those just things that I had kind of missed out in the busyness of yeah. life, you know, um, I'm definitely spending some time in the word. Yeah. Um, that's definitely something that's been encouraging for me. Um, and uh, yeah, just. Right now, that's where I'm at. That's I the love it. space I'm in right now. And this is the Let It Be podcast. So if there were one prayer that you could have answered, what would it be? One prayer that I could have answered. Wow, there's so many. Um, that those of us who know the love of Christ can truly be in a position where we can actually exhibit it mm-hmm. and have an opportunity to exhibit it mm. and whatever, whatever that, whatever that has to look like. Yeah. Right. Uh, um, that's my prayer that. that, um, you know, my pastor says something all the time. He says, for this, we have Jesus. Mm. Right. And, um, that right there, I think speaks volumes. There's, there's so many people who are looking for answers, mm-hmm. right. There's so many people who are looking, you know, we look at some, some things that are going through, socially and culturally mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. they're looking for um validation mm-hmm. in the decisions that they're making right and we don't make a choice about what that is right mm-hmm. where you know at the end of the day my job is just to show the love of christ mm-hmm. and it's a relationship with him right that actually does the difference you know i yeah. it's, it's 
Yeah, that's just it. And, and to be honest with you, none of us are perfect. It's because right. of his shed blood, right? That's like right. That whole idea of just one drop of blood just, just covers it all, right? That's right. I'm a sucker for the blood of Jesus, so don't don't get me started. You may get the <laughs> you may you may get some hooping and hollering out of that, but um, but in all honesty, that people would just recognize and be able to see that, and yeah. that I would be able to be a facilitator mm. of that real, realization for them. May our lives and that we good those of us who do it. Yes, yeah. worthy of the gospel. Amen. Yeah, let it be. Amen. Mike, thanks so much for coming on my podcast. It's great to catch up with you. And oh my gosh, I enjoyed it. It was great talking with you, Becky. I'm so proud of you and Andy. Well, I really you. am. I watch you guys from a distance, and yeah. uh, we're going to have to when we get to Ohio. We're going to have to make sure we uh, be intentional about. Would you please? And that we're going to have to do that. Oh, I would love that. I would love that. And you're still on this health and fitness train. So, yeah. ha- where can people find you? You know what? You can just hit me up at um. Uh, let's see on Facebook. Just go to Michael L. Dorsey. Um, and I'm, I am, I am Mike Dorsey on Instagram and Twitter. Um, I am Mike Dorsey. And I'll put that so in the show notes. Hit me up there. Yeah, that's how you can do it. So awesome. yeah, hit me up. Let's, let's talk about it and, and do what we got to do. I love Encourage it. each other. I love it. Well, thanks for being on this. I am so glad to reconnect. I'm so glad you're doing so many amazing things, not just personally, but for the kingdom. Thank you, Becky. You as well. Give you my well. love to your beautiful fam. You as well. Do the same, please. Thanks for hanging out with my friend, Dr. Mike Dorsey and me this week. What an amazing man of this exuberance for life and joy that fills an entire room. I loved hearing his story of how God has brought him through different chapters of physical growth, mental growth, emotional growth, and spiritual growth. You can hang out with him on Instagram at I am Mike Dorsey or check out his website, michaeldorsey.com. Next week kicks off the month of May. I cannot believe we are in the fifth month of this year already. And in a nod to moms and because of Mother's Day, we are going to be honoring different moms every single week, the month of May. So make sure that you mark your calendars, maybe give yourself a little reminder so that you can check out all the different stories. I'm going to be talking to biological moms, to spiritual moms, maybe even a kid or two. You can stay up to date with me at Becky Ziegenfuss, that's Z-I-E-G-E-N-F-U-S-S. And as always, thanks for being part of the Let It Be podcast.